0: Welcome to Horror Hideout. I'm Kenzie, and I'm Peyton, and it's the final episode. It's of the, the final
1: podcast
0: We haven't sang in a while. Like I swear, we sing at least once every episode, and I don't think we did last episode.
1: Have we sang every podcast episode, fans? I at le- Let us know. You know, go back and listen to every single one of them, <laughs> and tell us if we've sang.
0: I at least break out into song once. Once per episode, but I don't think I did it last time. It was Goodnight Mommy, so the tone of it is a little bit more eerie and unsettling. You know, there's not a lot of singing that can happen in an episode like that. True. 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 Horror news of the week. There's not a lot of horror news of the week, which there should be because this is the final episode of the year. So I should have a lot more of things that are coming out later in the year, but I don't. So Pray for the Devil just came out last Friday. Which I'm really excited for. It was just crazy because we have talked in this podcast about how we don't like possessed movies as much anymore. Like they're overdone and they, it's just like the same thing. This looks really good. I didn't show you the trailer yesterday. Nope, I'm did yet I? to see it. Okay, we're gonna watch that after because it looks so good. Okay. Um, I just feel like it's so different because it's like a school. That is, like, training priests to do exorcisms, and there's, like, all these kids that are possessed, and this one girl is, like, cho- the chosen one or something, and... Neo? Neo.
1: Yeah, the chosen one?
0: I don't know. What's oh, Neo?
1: That's a Matrix reference.
0: Yeah, i never seen the Matrix. Well,
1: obviously, your your question made that very apparent.
0: <laughs> um. So we have that, and then November 18th, the menu is finally coming out. I feel like it's been forever since I saw like the trailer to this. And I've been anxious. Like, I feel like this trailer came out around the time that like Barbarian and Don't Worry Darling came out and even like Orphan. And it's finally coming out.
1: It's finally coming out. And
0: it's a very discreet plot. Like even the trailer is very discreet, but it says a couple travels to a coastal island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Do you think it's human?
1: I don't know. You need to tell me what lavish means.
0: Like fancy. Oh. Like very lavish. Like Like bougie? Posh. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of feel like they want you to think it's going to be something like that, but I feel like it's going to be something different because that just seems so generic, especially after Fresh came out and that's like the same plot, but I don't know. Time will tell. Truth and time tells everything. You've seen The Hills. You know what I'm talking about, but
1: <laughs> <Boo>. anyway. <laughs>
0: I It sucks. I am getting sick. Peyton got me sick. He's like, here, I have a cold. Try my Pepsi. And I totally forgot that he had a cold. And now two days later, I feel like crap.
1: That's really, there's two sides to every story. I feel like it was more like, hey, you're sick. I'm drinking your Pepsi anyway.
0: Mm -mm. Thanks for
1: the love sip.
0: Do you remember you had that cherry Pepsi from grandma's house and you said, try this. It was a diet cherry Pepsi. And I was like, ew, I don't like diet drinks.
1: And then the next day you drank out of my mango, Pepsi, oh yeah, yeah,
0: but I forgot that you were sick,
1: well, I think what the fans really want to hear oh, is call them
0: fans. I hate the word fans, like it just seems so impersonal. Our friends
1: friends, our friends want to know about our pop funko
0: update, <gasps> oh yeah, okay, we have like been on a pop funko high because we probably bought one every few months, and I was doing my Chucky Chats and I was counting them. We bought five in the last week.
1: Yeah. Five. You have 12 now. Yeah. All right. We got the Mare from Nightmare Before Christmas in the, uh, what, what edition would you call that? Blacklight edition?
0: Yeah. They're the ones that like glow.
1: Yeah. Then we got Carrie on my wayward girl. And we got Carrie. And then we got the Candyman can. And then we got Sam.
0: Sam I Am.
1: Yep. And then we got uh, some nerd with Steven. glasses. Steven. Stephen <laughs> King, and then we got Stephen King's tit.
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I miss <just> those.
1: <laughs> anyway, Stephen King's it. Uh We've got Chucky from The Bride of Chucky. We got Tiffany from The Bride of Chucky. We got Chucky from Child's Chucky. Play 2, and then we got Jordan Peele, and then we got Jordan Peele with a female wig on, and then we got Jordan Peele with a beard. Oh my
0: gosh, that is... <laughs> okay, no...
1: Well, you were going to say that's racist. No, that's not I, was gonna I was going to say that's that. not.
0: That's Adelaide. You don't even know their names. So you're just.
1: We got Jordan Peele when we got the girl from uh, uh, the Everglades. Adelaide. Adelaide. And we got Abraham. Abram. Abram. Yes. Like. Goodness, like the, boy. Like the tanks. Get
0: it right.
1: M1, A1, Abram.
0: You know what one I really want? I need Captain Spaulding and I need like, ah, uh, my brother's girlfriend just got him. Tim Curry Pennywise and it's a black light one. So I'm like, I need that.
1: Yeah, Captain Spaulding is rather pricey. He is
0: he's like probably thirty.
1: That's expensive. We're poor. We can't, no. can't, can't be spending <laughs> well, that. Well, because we keep
0: buying like all the eleven dollar ones. So then when we see the other ones, we're like, yeah He'd be worth it. Hey, Christmas is coming up, Peyton.
1: Uh, uh, you can get him for twenty five right now.
0: Nudge nudge. Yeah. yeah, Captain Spaulding is the one that I like really, really, really want next. If I found him at the store, I would probably scream, yeah, he's so cute. Yeah, he's all right. Oh my gosh. But yeah, that's about all the exciting stuff going on in our life. And that's Um, it.
1: That's the whole podcast, seven minutes and seven seconds. It was great listening (laughs) to you guys. We'll see you next year.
0: I got a new book though. I've wanted Clown in a Cornfield for so long and it's been on back order. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to order it from Amazon. It won't come until like mid-November. So then I started a different book and it ended up coming like that week. So now I got to hurry and get through the book I'm reading and then I'm going to read that. But I'm excited.
1: You're reading uh some book about a girl on a train, right?
0: Yeah. It's called The Girl on a Train. Oh.
1: Huh. <laughs> and
0: it's a movie, so. It should be
1: a plural though, because the book's about two girls on a train.
0: No, it's only one girl on a train. The other girl's in a house. Oh. And she went missing. Is
1: that the sequel or the prequel?
0: Mm, I don't know.
1: Girl on the train, girl in a house, some real... Girl on a
0: mouse. (laughs) What was that? What's the Froggy Fresh? I got 400 houses. (laughs) Oh, yeah? I got 400 houses and 400 mouses. I don't remember what he says. If you haven't looked up Froggy Fresh on YouTube, go look him up now.
1: Every person in the world has looked up Froggy Fresh. It used to be Krispy Kreme. I miss
0: Krispy Kreme, and then he had to change it. Krispy Kreme, 2012. (laughs) Anyway, we're back with another Letterboxd recap. You know what I was thinking? So this, when I was like typing up this list of 10, most of these came out this year. We've watched a lot of like 2022 releases, but all of the movies that we've watched this year have been really freaking good. Like most of the movies we've watched, we've given four stars. Maybe like the occasional flop, but I don't feel like we've watched a lot of crappy movies lately. Maybe like I could think of like a few.
1: A lot of the movies on this list are this year, too. I mean, we got... That's what
0: I just said.
1: Oh. Sorry. I'm just looking like the first one's 2014. Then we got 2022, 22, 22, 22, 22, 22, 22, 17, and 1984, guys. We're the last ones in 1984. If you can think about it, let us know what you think that's going to be. Just take a little guess there.
0: It's Halloween-themed, so... But anyway, who do you want me to start, or do you want to start?
1: Yeah, go ahead. You were really obsessed with this movie.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the first one is Tusk, and this one is crazy. So my cousin, the one that has the podcast that we told you guys to go listen to, which you totally should, Gloom and Bloom podcast, but she told me about this probably, it was almost a year ago. She's like, you need to watch this. It's crazy. And I couldn't find it on any of the streaming services that we have. And then I finally... A year later, my sister let me borrow her HBO because she was doing like a free trial because she's like, you have to watch the Elvis movie, which I totally didn't watch. Sorry, Maddie, need to watch it. Uh, but I did watch the Ruins on there. But then I saw Tusk on there. I'm like, Peyton, we have to watch this, and this movie is so crazy. So it's about this guy, and he does a podcast with his friend, and he ends up coming across like this letter. I don't. I think he found it on a wall or something of this guy who's like. I want someone to come and listen to my story or something like that, which I don't, why would you just go show up to some random guy's house? Well,
1: you're, you're okay. You're missing some big key details. So he, he wants something crazy um and new for their podcast. Cause they keep doing like the same content and they end up going to this kid's house. And at the very beginning, they, uh it was like a fan made. I think they're doing like a competition, like of like, who could, do, who could win the sweepstakes and get them to go do something for the podcast? And anyway, he made it all the way to the kid's house without realizing he died, and he was already in Canada when that happened. So then he was like, well, I'm here. I need to do something while I'm here and not make it a wasted trip. And then as he's peeing in the pub bathroom, that's when he finds like a basically like an offer letter thing on like a bulletin board that says, uh, just sit down and listen to my stories or something like that. I'm probably butchering that, but anyway
0: um yeah i think i just blocked all that out because the ending sat with me for so long that i that's all i think Well, it's kind of a
1: slow start like it's just it's kind of more like comedy for the first like quarter of the movie for sure
0: and we were marcoing um taylor when we were like kind of starting we started it and then we were marcoing her about she-hulk
1: oh yeah so i think
0: we were like distracted for a little bit in the beginning She-Hulk. anyway so he goes to this random guy's house he has this huge house which I don't know. I just think that's so sketchy, especially nowadays with like creepy serial killers out there, like Dahmer, like just going to some random person's house. Um, So he goes there and the guy seems pretty normal. He like makes him dinner and they're like drinking and he's just telling him the story about this like walrus. Did he get like stranded on like an island or something? And
1: yeah, something about him being in the Arctic and ship crashes or something and he's stranded and he ends up kind of making friends with uh, like a walrus uh, and friends meaning like, like he just kind of like it was the thing that kept him entertained, kind of like the Wilson concept, maybe a little bit with Castaway, but very short lived ends up having to kill the walrus for his own survival uh, for warmth and for food. And he has like an obsession with how this walrus saved his life and what walruses do to survive those extreme elements of the cold and the the brutal conditions and he's telling him that and as he's telling him that he's drinking this tea which is basically going to make him pass out and that's when all the weird shiz happens
0: you know what i was just thinking though i am so used to our last episode being a spoiler review that i was about to seriously go into every detail on this one i'm like oh shoot no spoilers spoiler free zone this one needs to be watched it is very slow but yeah he gets drugged and i mean You can kind of figure it out. I mean, Tusk, look at the picture on the movie cover, and this guy is telling a story about a walrus, so you can put two and two together. Weird crap happens. This is like one of those movies where the ending just sticks with you. Like, that visual just sticks with you.
1: It's definitely kind of a, like, I don't know, like, if lobotomy is kind of out of your element, it makes you uncomfortable. Uh, Certainly something not to... uh, not to watch but uh, there are some notable actors in this movie though um i'm just pulling it up here because i don't remember these people's yeah, names. yeah johnny
0: enough. depp was in this and i told Peyton, i'm like that guy looks like johnny depp kind of but yeah. i like didn't think it was and then finally i looked it up i'm like oh my gosh it's johnny depp
1: yeah it's it's got johnny depp it's got justin long he's the main character he's in like dodgeball he's in uh waiting
0: accepted
1: accepted he's the main character of accepted uh, and then you have, um, Haley, Holly, Haley, Haley, Haley Joel Osment. Osment. Yeah. Yeah. He's the little kid off of the Sixth Sense, Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah,
0: there's a, like, it's like a horror comedy though. There's like some comedy sprinkled in and it's very slow in the beginning, especially when the guy is telling the story about the walrus and you're like, okay, let's get to the point. I want to know what's going to happen. That part was kind of slow. But then when stuff happens, like, it really picks up.
1: And I I referenced lobotomy. That's not what I meant, Uh, but it's kind of like the concept, I guess. So, yeah, Uh, I would call it probably three-quarters comedy and one-quarter horror. And I wouldn't even call it a horror comedy. It's kind of like, it's really a weird...
0: It almost starts out like a horror comedy, and then it, like kind of turns away from that and goes right into like unsettling horror thriller and then
1: it really goes back up into the uplifting side though during like the the search scenes and stuff like the johnny deb character is hilarious in this movie and uh he really just breaks up like the the disturbing elements of it so i don't know could have been a lot darker in my opinion i feel like i'm kind of not immune but um i'm hardened to this kind of stuff takes a lot really to make me feel uncomfortable but uh it's
0: just like the concept like without giving anything away it's just what happens is so unsettling and so sad and crazy
1: it's like hard to
0: wrap your brain around
1: it's like human centipede kind of like disturbing i guess maybe that's the way to put it oh
0: my gosh have you you seen human centipede i think we've talked about this we need to watch that again right the second one's the worst though
1: all right um so moving on to the next one on the list uh a very popular one this year, Hocus Pocus 2. So, I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, get off this podcast. Stop listening to it now and just go watch it. I feel like everybody and their dog has probably seen this movie by now and at least has seen the original one, right? This is a childhood classic for everybody.
0: I'm pretty sure we, like, went into detail on this, too, like a few podcasts back. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, like, we went and, like, broke down our thoughts on this and everything, too.
1: Yeah, so if you, like, go back and listen to a previous podcast if you want to listen to our thoughts on it. Um, I mean, I would say that it's a movie filled with iconic moments, but it's not, like, the sequel of our dreams, per se. But it's just 29 years after the original Hocus Pocus, Sandra's sister's return, and there's a whole plot with that. And that's really all you need to know about that one. It's on Disney+. Plus.
0: You know, it's all, isn't Hulu kind of affiliated with Disney? Like they're, they own Hulu or something. I don't know. Or they have like a deal because when we were watching movies on Hulu this week, we kept getting Hocus Pocus 2 previews and then it kept saying better than the original. I'm like, that's bull bullcrap. Um, like said, no one ever, like this was good, but definitely not as not better than the original. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just noticed that. Like, those previews kept coming up on Hulu.
1: Yeah, Hulu and ESPN Plus might be part of Disney. I yeah, don't know. I think
0: they have, like, a big package thing that you can do. Yeah. Yeah, but that one's good. Definitely not better than the original, but it was fun. I liked it.
1: Like I said, it's a... It, I mean, I... I would say in confidence that 90 percent of anybody who's listened to this has already seen this and a lot of people saw it on opening night but it's just a movie filled with iconic moments like there are scenes that people love talking about there are scenes that you love to reference in it there's a lot of hilarious stuff in it but then there's just stuff that's like eh, eh or what the heck happened there and uh you can hear our thoughts about that in uh previous podcast
0: i almost feel like that's what it was made for was just the iconicness and just to kind of give fans of the other one just a little something like yeah, i don't they, think it was meant to be like a crazy
1: like but they end it with a continuation hint
0: no no and... i get that but i think that's why they brought it back was because the other one was such like a cult classic that they're like you know what we're gonna do this for people like i don't i don't know
1: it's like it was like really just driven towards a new audience i felt like um but then those moments were like just like a shout out to the to the OG fans but
0: i honestly wouldn't be surprised if they do another one like it hinted and it comes out next year like i think if they're going to do it they have to do it soon oh
1: yeah yeah it's not going to take
0: but i could see like another one coming out like next october or something i could see that um the next one is definitely not family friendly, but it's Hellraiser the 2022. This one was so good and I have never been interested in like the Hellraiser franchise or like Pinhead or anything like that until I saw this trailer. And I think it's just because I had never really... I've never seen a trailer. I didn't know anything about it. And then when I saw this trailer, it kind of like drew me in and intrigued me. And now I want to go back and watch all of them. I don't think Peyton has seen any of these either, so... Um, This one's about a girl that's struggling with addiction, and she comes across, like, this possession of, like, an ancient puzzle box, and she summons the Cenobites, and they're a group of sadistic supernatural beings from another dimension, and they're so cool. I love how there was different ones. Like, they didn't all look the same. Like, they were very unique. I've heard that, like, the first three Hellraiser movies are really good, and then they kind of, like, eh. So we definitely need to go watch this. There's more than three of them? Yeah, my one friend was telling me, I don't remember how Holy many crap. there are. I,
1: I thought there was probably two, but I didn't realize there was like four no, or five. No, I think
0: that he said...
1: Well, anyway, while she's looking this up... I loved this movie this movie completely exceeded my expectations and I actually had an inkling of what it was gonna be about when she showed me the trailer to it but I mean once again we never really had interest in the original ones and that's something we need to go back and maybe do like a comparison kind of like we did with Goodnight mommy um certainly like a original versus yeah and, and, and this is probably not like a not like a direct sequel not a re, start or a Kickstarter it's probably like a like same universe different storyline kind of kind of thing but I don't even know it's like i it's like this like other world of people who are driven off of pain and suffering or something like that and uh actually no
0: suffering
1: it's funny because they're um it's specifically season five episode five it's an episode of Rick and Morty that actually makes fun of the cenobites And uh, the first time I saw that episode, I mean, it was a good episode. I I laughed and I didn't realize it was like a spoof to uh, Hellraiser. And so when there were moments in this movie where the whole time I was watching it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is totally that episode of Rick and Morty. And just it's just super funny. I don't know if you're into Rick and Morty. It's like a hilarious episode. I would certainly recommend it Uh, kind of pays tribute to the old jerry thing and everybody hating on jerry and it's like this race of people who kind of get off on suffering through pain and it's like they like love to be around this jerry guy because he's so awful to be around but it's like they like thrive off of that so super super funny but what a concept i mean i feel like that's something that just isn't done in movies this is kind of really its own its own thing and uh i'm just trying to think of i don't know um
0: I almost wonder if we would have watched the other ones, if we would have had more information and, like, had more understanding of this, because I feel like we kind of ended it, and we really loved it, but I feel like we were very confused, too, and trying to, like, wrap our head around, like, what just happened, and how, like, this whole world works.
1: Yeah, I mean, most most definitely. I guess I'm more curious of, like, their nature versus, you know, the storyline with humans and stuff, but...
0: There is 11 Hellraisers in the franchise. Wow. This was the 11th one.
1: I'm officially mind blown. That might be worse than Saw.
0: But my, my dad said, he's like, just watch the first three. Like the first three are really good. It's probably, like, Halloween. Like, there, you know, there's just so many in the franchise that it just gets to a point where you're like, okay, like, these ones are amazing, but then you have, like, kind of the spin-off ones that don't really have a lot to do with the plot. It's kind of like its own thing. Then you have, like, Rob Zombie's versions, and so it's probably something like that. But yeah, that one is really good. I liked it. I love stuff like that where it's, like, a puzzle and weird stuff happens.
1: Blood Sacrifices. You know, maybe, maybe more stuff in season three that we need. We need more, uh, less sexual content, more blood sacrifices. <laughs> so moving on to the next movie, uh, Kenzie bought a book uh, by Stephen King. It's called If It Bleeds. And somehow this book is a book of short stories. It's not even really just about the, the story, If It Bleeds, but there is another story inside of it called Mr. Harrigan's Phone, which just came out on Hulu, right? Yep. And... No, Netflix. Netflix. And Mr. Hurricane's phone, uh, who's the the main kids, uh, he's a character off of it. He plays Jaden
0: Martell. He plays Billy
1: boy, Billy boy
0: from the remake
1: from the remake. And yeah, so basically this kid, uh, he, he lives in this really small town and there's this really rich guy, um, who kind of like is reclusive in a way he, He has like a like a caretaker for like his garden and, you know, maybe like a butler and stuff. And this kid comes over and he pays him to read to him. And I think his eyesight's going bad. Maybe that's you know, the reason why. But uh, he just goes years and years reading to this dude. And it's just like a part of his like routine in life at this point. And the kid eventually gets a cell phone because, uh, you know, that's like, you know, what kid doesn't have a cell phone, right? And he's intrigued by this cell phone and he thinks he can get Mr. Harrigan into it as well. And so he gets one for him and he sells it to him with like... Like, I think he's in the stocks and he's like, well, you can look up stocks in real time. And so he just kind of is like intrigued by it. And they just have a really close relationship. And ultimately, Mr. Harrigan dies of old age. And somehow this, the the main kid, I think his name is Craig. He can send text messages or voicemails to Mr. Harrigan's phone. And it's like Mr. Harrigan can hear it and and do something about it almost. And uh, by the way, uh, big spoiler alert here, Mr. Harrigan was buried with his phone. That's kind yeah,
0: of... Yeah, Craig was the one that slipped it into his pocket yeah. before they closed the casket. So
1: dead guy's in the ground uh, with a phone and somehow Craig can, like, like talk to him. Now, he can't talk to him, like, directly, but he can, like, leave messages to him and... And, like, the course of things that happen in his life seem directly altered by it. That's kind of the gist of the movie. Um, I'll let the the ending and everything kind of be watched by you guys. But this movie is kind of like a... I don't know. I I really don't know what else to put it at other than, like, it's like a softcore horror film. It's just really...
0: Just like a thriller.
1: I wouldn't even say that. It's very mild. Not a lot of big crazy jump moments uh it's not really like a big jump real type movie uh it's just very kind of nonchalant in nature to me I feel like but it's good like it's intriguing I was definitely interested through most of it but I was never like mind blown by like moments and stuff so if, no. you, if you just need like a simple watch horror movie Mr. Harrigan's phone's a good watch
0: and I think that's the thing I think people are gonna go into this especially having like somebody like the main guy who was on Hunger Games and then you have Jaden Martell, like people are going to be like, oh my gosh, we got to watch this. And they're not going to realize that it's so slow. And you kind of just have to appreciate it for what it is. I do feel like it leans more on like the metaphorical side and like, like a coming of age story, basically. Sure. Where he's like learning to grow and kind of be his own person and like, let go of the past. And yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, you're right. I'd say it's definitely a metaphorical uh movie that you just have to kind of like, Stay invested in this kid's, um, his life. Like you said, coming of age, that's a great way to put it.
0: Yeah. I was excited when I saw this was coming out because I read the short story and it was my favorite one in the book. And I was like, this would be so good as a movie. And then I saw the trailer. I'm like, what the heck? I just finished this. You know,
1: while we're talking about it, it seemed like that book in general wasn't really kind of worth the hype right?
0: Mm, Yeah, I didn't really go into it. Like, I mean, I just saw Stephen King and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like one of his newer books. So I hadn't read any reviews or I didn't even know what any of the stories were about. I just went in blind. And I think for the first time I've seen that side of Stephen King where people say like he has really crappy endings of books because in this one there was a lot of crappy endings where I'm like, really? And I think I was going into it like when I think of Stephen King, I think of horror, like scary You know, you got Pet Cemetery, it, stuff like that. And then, so going into this book, I don't feel like it leaned more, it wasn't very horror. It was more, I don't know how to explain it. Like, nothing crazy.
1: I'm going to say this in confidence, but I'd imagine that Stephen King has a lot more books than we think he has. And a lot of titles are probably not very well known. He's he's probably diluted a lot of his really good stories with not so good stories and just kind of like, and eh, where did this kind of come from? What's going on in your mind and stuff? But then every once in a while, there's something that's just like, holy crap, like, who is this guy, you know? And how did he come up with this? And I think we just kind of live on those big moments. But I'd imagine, uh, I don't know. I imagine Stephen King probably has a lot.
0: Well, it's crazy too, because Mr. Harrigan's phone was the shortest short story in the book. And it was my favorite out of all the stories. And then the story, like the short story that the book title is based off of, I feel like that had like that. I was really intrigued. Like I really liked it, but then the ending happened and I'm like, really? It just kind of felt really rushed. Like, oh, we got to hurry and end this. So we're just going to end it, you know?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this is just a, I mean, take it with a grain of salt because it's the internet and Wikipedia specifically, but right here it says 65 novels and over 200 short stories.
0: Dang, I thought it'd be more than that. I mean, that's a lot, but I just thought it'd be way more, like, I thought hundreds. Right. But it's like, what year was that article written, you know?
1: But like a lot of these like top, top, uh, what, three, six, so six, twelve books, I mean, it... The Shining, Carrie, uh, Misery, The Mist, Cujo, Salem's Lot, The Green Mile, which is definitely not a scary movie, and uh, Pet Cemetery. In fact, I think, uh, didn't Stephen King do? He no. has a lot
0: of iconic, though, like villains I'm that think... come from his books.
1: Isn't uh, The Shawshank Redemption? hmm Stephen King, I didn't realize The Green Mile was either, though. That's kind of... Yeah. It's like a Tom Hanks movie. Huh. It's like, you know, so like satire, like heart throbbing movies more than thrillers, I guess. But hmm.
0: yeah, but that one's really good. So you should definitely go check it out. So the next one's called Grim Cuddy, and I think it's a Hulu exclusive. So this one's about a suburban teen girl and her little brother, and they have to try to stop a terrifying Internet meme brought to life by the hysteria of their parents. So basically, it's kind of like that Momo challenge that went on where People were freaking out and saying that this was teaching their kids to harm themselves. It literally is exactly that. It's like they took that and turned it into this movie. Even the Grim Cuddy kind of has like a Momo feel with like the giant head thing, you know, dark hair. So the parents are taking away all the kids' electronics, their laptops, their phones, and kind of isolating them. In return, it's almost making things worse. So yeah, like this one, I'm like trying not to give anything away because this is very easy to give away. It's very metaphorical. And the only thing I hated about this one, like, I really liked it, but I hated that they showed the Grim Cuddy so many times. Because I feel like it was, like, a really dark, creepy movie, but as soon as they showed him, it kind of took you out of it. Like, I don't know.
1: Well, sometimes CGI is, is very noticeable, right? You can you can just tell that it's a little forced at times. The angles don't quite line up to real-life physics and stuff. They show the Grim Cuddy at the very beginning, Um and you know like a like a child that's the first victim or something and it's creepy as heck like it was like wow they could have kept it kind of like to that degree uh because you know like every scary movie ever it's kind of like the cliche like the movie starts with the first victim and then that's not really part of the main story but it like shows the the entity the monster the thing right but usually you only get a small glimpse of it. And it's usually like a big buildup through the whole movie until you see it. But upon the main character getting involved, it starts really showing the Grim Cuddy at the time that it's notable. And kind of like you said, Momo Challenge, when it came out, it was like sandwiched in random places. Like our kids could be watching YouTube of like Peppa Pig, and it would just randomly pop up in the middle of Peppa Pig. And it'd be like this scary clown face thing. And it'd be like, you should go hurt your brother or else you're going to die or something, you know? And that's kind of what, what it like made parents freak out. And I think it's kind of once kind of like the Mr. Harrigan's thing, it's kind of like a metaphorical thing, right? It's, Mm -hmm. you know, we've, I don't know. I mean, we all parent different, you know, uh, just no, no harm, no foul to any parents out there. But like Kenzie and I have always talked about with our kids, it's like being radical about things. Isn't the best approach, right? If you want to not have your kids rebel and, you know, do drugs There's a way not to go about it for sure. And I think this is kind of a a call out to how parents handle really tough situations with teenagers. And like you said, it almost amplifies it, makes everything in this movie possible via the way that the parents handle it. And uh, it's it's good. I think it's a it's a healthy watch. It certainly exceeded my expectations. I'm pretty sure I gave this one a four, didn't I?
0: Mm, I don't remember. I think
1: I, think I, I, this one stands out to me. No, I I'm, think I
0: gave it a three and a half, so I don't know what you gave yeah, it. Yeah, you
1: gave it a three and a half and I gave it a four. And your your biggest thing was just showing the Grim Cuddy so much it got cheesy at times. But like, uh, it wasn't like a bad plot by any means.
0: I think it's better to like set up your audience with kind of like a sneak peek of the image that they should kind of have ingrained in their brain and then they can kind of build from that. But when you keep showing it, it's kind of like Mama. Like, Mama was so freaky when you kind of see her in the shadows or, like, little glimpses of her, and as soon as they showed her up close so many times, it took you out of that, like, horror elements, or, like, Z. Z was so scary until you saw him, and then you're like, oh, he's really not that creepy. I think the best thing is when movies, or I think the thing that a lot of movies will do wrong is they think they have to show the entity so many times to make it horrific, but it almost does the opposite. It's kind of like that shark movie that we watched. They kept showing the shark and it just like felt cheesy at that point.
1: Yeah. Well, think about like Jaws, right? I mean, at some point you could tell it was animatronic. And then there were points where it showed like real footage of sharks but you could tell it was significantly smaller when it was doing that. But then there's moments at the beginning where people are just getting like thrown around like ragdolls in the water and doesn't even show the shark. And those moments are what freaked people out the most. The moments you didn't see the shark, but you knew it was there. You knew it was eating somebody. And uh, sometimes you can totally get away with, uh, with that stuff. And kind of an iconic moment with that to me is signs. A lot of people hated that they showed the alien at the end, but like, in the buildup, the little key moments where you see the leg in the cornfield and the corn and, uh, just like little moments of the alien were like absolutely terrifying to people. And I don't know, I this movie, I think the reason why it stands out so much to me personally, Kens, is when we first started doing m- these movies, um, a lot of them which are B list movies. Which one is the one where like this apocalypse happens and all the wires in the house come alive? And-
0: oh, it's called. Oh gosh, it's on. one of like the first. You You're
1: good. It's one of the first ones that we watched, and it's not like a tremendously good movie by any means. I I think it's
0: await further instructions. Await
1: further instructions. This movie. It's been probably at least a year since we've even mentioned this movie, but. It, it kind of reminds me of the metaphorical sense to it, because at the very end, when you see like all the wires turn into this thing and it's like it's like worship me or something like that, it's really like a movie built for those who are so obsessed with technology that it's like this is the world that we've created with it. And I, once again, it kind of comes down to like the parents have have warped the world around their teenagers uh, to a degree because of how they handle tough situations and it's like every parent is on board it's like the freaking pokemon craze but it's like this challenge is freaking them out and the and the key part to it is that most of the kids don't even know that this stupid thing even exists until the parents start bringing it up to them the parents mm-hmm. are the first ones to get involved that's the crazy part
0: it's a good movie for teens to show their parents teach them not to be a helicopter
1: yeah absolutely <laughs>
0: A little bit of helicopter parenting, but you don't have to, like, hover. Like, give your kids space, let them breathe, let them live their life, let them make choices. But, yeah.
1: All right, next one is Halloween Ends. Hashtag not my Michael Myers. (laughs) So, this this is a rough watch for diehard Halloween fans. Especially considering that Halloween, to me, is probably one of the most iconic horror movie franchises ever. I think he is... You know, Kenzie's got this Friends mug that I'm looking at right now. you have to include this in the picture, Ken's, with, you know, Billy the Doll from Saw. It's got Freddy Krueger's Ghostface from Scream. What else do we got? Chucky, Jason Voorhees, It, and Michael Myers. So you're talking top-tier, God-level, just iconic horror horror things. And I think that Michael Myers is number one, without a doubt. Oh,
0: definitely. And that,
1: that's, I'm sure that's a personal opinion, but... It's uh, just
0: like the, like vision of like horror yeah like, and halloween he's the it's face like halloween of horror. is the month of the year that is like horror
1: yeah and so for this movie to do what it did it's just an insult to the franchise because if if you've seen halloween kills there is a moment in this movie where michael myers is like one versus 20 there's like 20 town residents that are just trying to like gang up on him and he is just ripping through these people like he's Superman. And then there's a version of Michael Myers in this movie, which takes place four years later, that's just not so friendly to that concept. Uh hence hashtag not my Michael Myers. So I don't want to ruin it. I do think it's worth the watch. And I can see where they were going with the movie. There is, you know, some tribute to, well, if you end a franchise, how do you how do you pay homage to it going forward you know like what direction can you make it go and it seems like they really focused that in this movie and uh all i can say is the only thing that this movie really did wrong to me personally is that there is a motorcycle scene in this movie and uh there is a key figure missing in that scene and uh, we'll talk about it later but
0: oh my gosh i feel like this movie was almost made with the intention that there could be this could be like a whole new adaption like a whole new storyline in the halloween franchise kind of move past like the michael myers stuff and like start something new but i don't think it was i just wish it was a little bit more i don't know i wish it needed more
1: the like, only go ahead sorry
0: like i was happy we had Lori strode in it because like last in halloween kills she was just in the hospital the whole time and i just feel like she was kind of pointless in the movie so i was happy to see like the badass side of her back but I even like the final battle, I'm like, it was just so quick. I'm like, we needed like an intense, like, this is it. Like I
1: feel like if they could have made Halloween Kills 15 minutes longer, they could have just ended it there. They didn't need this movie. This movie didn't have to be an hour and something minutes of getting this story over. It's just a bunch of rushed script and pointless stuff and Michael Myers is very little featured in this movie. No,
0: I saw a thing that said 10 minutes and something seconds total.
1: Exactly. So 10 minutes. If you can get that 10 minutes of that movie into Halloween Kills, you could have just ended it there. You really could have. So this is like milking out more money and just, I don't know, it's like the Fast and Furious franchise. It's got to end at some point. It really does. But don't insult Paul Walker (laughs) or Michael Myers. And that's exactly what they did here.
0: So, we're going from Halloween kills where he's, like, this superhuman guy, like, taking on this huge group of people, killing off all these legacies, which I hated that they brought people in just to kill them off, but then we go to Halloween ends and I just feel like he's so weak and, like, it's almost like he just has given up. He just doesn't care anymore. He's weak and maybe, I don't know, maybe there's more that goes into it where, so, I mean, four years have passed, so maybe he just, he needs to kill in order to regain strength which makes sense because he does kill someone and he kind of like almost shifts like he's
1: Yeah, but you know, that's it it does that to a degree, right? It it starts to hint in that direction, but then it completely annihilates that with the way that the movie ends. Just like paying the the tribute to how can this continue on? It completely negates that by the end of the movie. So they they, you know, had they continued in that direction, maybe maybe that would have answered that. That would have been a viable outcome. But it's like the way that the movie ends doesn't justify literally any of the actions before that that could have made that somewhat reasonable. And the only thing I think I could have gained from this movie is they kind of hint about subtle things like you know everybody's curious of like is michael myers possessed by the devil is he possessed by anything is he a superhero like like how human is he and they they give you like little easter eggs to kind of feel that at times and they they mention like that he has actually looked into the eyes of the devil and uh when this other guy is in this movie and They kind of come face to face. It kind of helps answer that. That's probably like the only like real reasonable thing that comes from it. But like you said, just 10 minutes of this movie could have been added to the end of Halloween Kills. And I think that's really all we needed. So this movie was made to make more money, not to pay tribute to the story.
0: I wanted to know what was going on in between Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. If four years have passed. It's like, was Laurie not, like, crapping her pants for four years, you know? Like, I mean, in Halloween Kills, she was, like, had that bunker and she was paranoid. And then all of a sudden in this one, she's just bacon and happy. and Right. So it's like, I want to know what kind of happened in between there. But, okay, if you've seen this, tell me I'm not the only one that got, like, a major Twilight vibe with half of this story, like, between the girl and the guy. Like, I just feel like there were so many, like, where it just felt like that bad boy, like...
1: That's what I'm saying. Edward the motorcycle Cohen scene. The girl. They done me wrong with the motorcycle scene. They might as well have just done it. We it was, all fought it when watching it. It
0: was almost laughable at times, though. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm cringing. This is so cheesy. Like, I could have used less of that storyline and more of, like, the intense, like, regular Halloween stuff. You know would be fun? On our, while we're taking two months off of podcasting, we should seriously watch the entire franchise. Because I haven't seen past three I haven't seen three and on, and then I've seen the Rob Zombies.
1: Three is a weird one because it doesn't have Michael Myers in it at all, and it's not even the same franchise. It's like a spinoff movie.
0: Is that the season of The Witch yeah. with the mask? Well, we should. it would be fun to watch them, though, and then do like a whole episode where we kind of like almost rank them all.
1: Yeah, we could do that.
0: Or something. It'd be fun to do with any kind of franchise. I just want to find Saw. We're new with Saw. I'm just <laughs> kidding. In other news... I totally forgot to say, Saw. Officially, Tobin Bell has been announced that he's coming back for Saw 10. Is it 10?
1: Hopefully he wants to play a game.
0: Moving on to Goodnight Mommy 2022. This is the American remake. We just barely did a podcast episode last week, like, breaking down this entire movie. So, go listen to that. Unless you haven't seen this or the original, then go watch those first and then go listen to that. So... Yeah, we completely spoil it and compare them, but this one's about two brothers, and they come home, and their mom had just, uh, like, undergone cosmetic surgery, and she kind of starts to change her demeanor and is just acting a little bit more intense and mean, so they kind of start to suspect that the woman underneath the mask is not their mother, and it's very slow. I feel like the American adaption wasn't as slow as the German but if you're going to watch this, go watch the German version. Goodnight Mommy 2014. Amazing. This one was all right. I think it'd be good if you haven't seen that one, but if you haven't seen that one, go watch that one before you watch this one because
1: something we mentioned in the the differences between the two is the German remake or the German version is not only better, but it's very watchable. Like I feel like a good foreign movie becomes legible to some degree right naturally like you 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 start reading subtitles you start listening and it becomes seamless at some point and it's so
0: invested yeah I
1: think it really is a seamless subtitle movie uh and it I would certainly recommend it but yeah there were there were moments in this movie like the settings like they did really good at recreating to the point where you almost think it's almost the same type of movie like they did a really good job there in this remake but
0: oh yeah but yeah go watch the original and then go listen to our spoiler review because I thought it was really fun just breaking it down and talking about the different symbolism and comparing them and all of that. But yeah, the original was so much better. Maybe that's us being biased because we watched it first.
1: All right. Next one on the list is The Curse Bridge of Terabithia and... Oh
0: my gosh, stop. The
1: the Curse of Bridge Hollow. So this is a family-friendly Halloween movie that's new for this year and actually pretty good um it's funny because it's got uh who's the main guy in this movie what's his name
0: oh he's on white chicks whale
1: yeah he he plays it? a lot of like stoner movie roles Waylon? uh let's see something the bridge of curse hollow martin. curse of Bridge hollow is
0: it martin
1: yeah marlon wayans marlon wayans uh he's martin in the scary Close. movies so
0: Oh yeah, he is on the scary movies. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, he's in the first two. He, he's just like, he does a lot of stoner movie roles and suddenly he's like the normal dad in this movie. So it's really out of character for him, but I think he did a pretty good job. So basically he is a science teacher and he's very invested into science so much that he's trying to get his only daughter invested into science but she's not into that at all and the daughter is a recognizable character too she plays lucas's little sister from stranger things
0: erica
1: erica and she kind of has a similar personality it's a little less obnoxious she's you know a, a teenager in this movie so she's more manageable and yeah so they move to this new town and they come to find out that there's this big uh tribute story that the whole town's really invested into and it's like this uh this jack guy and uh yeah anyway very halloween vibey town and they come to find out that the house that they lived in had some stuff that's regarding that story i feel like i'm butchering this portion of it but uh the girl relights the the jack-o'-lantern and it makes all of the halloween decorations in the town come to life And it's like a horror comedy and a more of a family friendly one uh, with that in mind as well. But that's the that's the story. It's just all these Halloween decorations uh, are just running around the town causing turmoil. And they're just kind of the dad's kind of like trying to justify how it could all be scientific explained and not really like ghosts and the dead and stuff. So he's just kind of in denial and. You know, this is kind of where it gets a little bit of that teen boppery where sometimes kids in movies kind of drive me nuts because it's like they just they have it all figured out from the very starting of the movie. They're like, no, we have to do this. It's like there's not like any like mystery solving moments that makes them think, oh, like this makes sense because of this. It's like they already have it figured out. There's no backstory to that. And sometimes that drives me nuts.
0: It almost like gives me the vibe of like if you take Halloween Town and Hocus Pocus and just put them together. Like, that's what it reminds me of, like, this very Halloween-oriented town. And then they light the skull candle, kind of, like, lighting the black flame candle. And crap happens.
1: Yeah, you can tell that they're going for, like, an annual watch movie like Hocus Pocus. They're just trying to make something that's modern, but that can kind of be, like, a rewatchable Halloween movie. And uh, I think they did a pretty decent job. I think I like Hubie Halloween more than this one. I
0: love Hubie. But Hubie's, like, more... Kind of leaning more towards adult. It's like family friendly, but more on the adult side. Where this is family friendly, but more on the kid side, with some like subtle things that only and adults by, would pick up on. And by
1: kid, like preteen kids. I'm our talking. kids like
0: loved it though. Ten
1: to ten to fifteen would probably really like this movie. I'd imagine.
0: Ellie and Everett were laughing so much though.
1: Yeah, they did. They did find it pretty funny. And um. our, our son Everett is really, really into animatronic decorations uh specifically spirit halloween ones so there's like a scene where all like the evil clown ones come alive and he was just like thrilled about all that so that i know was...
0: we need to get him to we need to watch spirit halloween the movie yeah because it has like the actual animatronics when does from that come out? spirit halloween it's already out
1: Oh, we will have to get that soon
0: i know they don't have it at i think they only have it where you can buy it because it's not at Redbox. Or anything like that.
1: What to get it at Spirit Halloween?
0: It's weird. they Well, they don't have it at Spirit Halloween. That's the weird thing. That should be the place that they're selling it. Hmm. Like, I think it's all, like, online. You have to, like, rent it somewhere online. I don't know. It's, like, really... I've tried looking for it. I can't find it anywhere.
1: We'll have to figure it out.
0: Yeah. I thought for sure it'd be at Redbox, but nope. Nope. The next one is Wish Upon, and this was one of those movies where... Either it's going to be really bad or it's going to be like surprisingly good. And we actually really did like it. And I love movies like that where we kind of go into it and we're like, I don't know. Like this had like a 1.7 rating on Letterboxd.
1: This is the one we just watched last night, right?
0: Um, Like two nights ago. Two nights ago. Or did we watch two last night? No, we watched it two nights ago.
1: What did we watch last night?
0: The next one on our list.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> my bad, my bad.
0: But this one has Jodie King, who is on like the kissing booth. She plays um, Gypsy Rose from the, what's it called? The Act. Mm -hmm. I really like her as an actress. Like she's really good and like really good at showing emotion and stuff. But she, her dad goes dumpster diving. Like him and his friend always are dumpster diving and they find this like weird box. So he brings it home to her. And she ends up finding that you can make wishes and you can make seven wishes, but it comes with a deadly price without giving anything away. So she kind of starts out with some simple wishes like, what was her first wish?
1: Her first wish was that this enemy she has at school would rot.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: it actually happens. And then she wishes to be popular. And then she wishes that...
0: Don't give all the wishes away.
1: Don't give all the wishes away. (laughs) And... Yeah, and, like, this box is all inscripted in, like, Chinese, ancient Chinese wording, and so, you know, racist alert, she goes and finds the Asian kid at school to decipher it, and he helps her out, and, and, uh, it kind of, like, it reminds me of, kind of, like, the butterfly effect to a degree at the end, it gets a little bit weird with the timeline, um, a little bit but like it's a pretty straightforward movie she just like wishes for these things and then she just like doesn't realize for some time after the repercussion of that and sometimes those wishes as good as they are aren't good wishes either so
0: i feel like this doesn't give anything away but basically if she makes a wish it takes the life of someone that Blood she price. loves yeah it's just, it's another like metaphorical movie like i feel like we've watched a lot of those where it's like be careful what you wish for you know absolutely uh, But yeah, that one's kind of hard to talk about without giving too much away. But I really liked it. It was fun.
1: This has another Stranger Things character in it. It does? It's got Barb.
0: Oh, yeah, Barb. And this came out a year after season one of Stranger Things. So we're like, Barb, you're back. She's back. (laughs) I love Barb. We just have a spinoff called, like,
1: Barb and the Demogorgon. (laughs) (laughs) Barb and the Demogorgon.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: All right. That's a good one. Exceeded my expectations. I think I gave that one a four. Yeah. Uh, and that one is one of the four. You gave on it this... a
0: four? I thought we gave it a three and a half. Nope.
1: I gave it a four. There's the only two things on the. Peyton I'm... is
0: changing his ratings on us. I you am gave not... it. We both. No, because the last few, we have gave the same ratings. Because I'm like, wow, we keep giving the same ratings. Nope.
1: I remember giving this one a four. I remember there is two. You and I almost always have the same rating. But I remember there were two recently that I was a four and you weren't a three and a half. I know that. I remember feeling that way in a previous (laughs) (laughs) timeline of 24 plus hours ago. But anyway, this is one of the few movies on this list that isn't a 2022 movie. This one's 2017, but did pretty good. And then finally, the very last one on our list. (laughs) I'm afraid (laughs) of no ghost.
0: (laughs) Those bastards.
1: Ghostbusters 1984. So, Kenzie has never seen Ghostbusters until 24 hours ago.
0: I know I'm crazy. And Noah is ironic about that. Ghostbusters is my favorite like song around Halloween time, and I've never seen it.
1: It's funny to me because watching this movie, I feel like I've probably only seen it once because there were only a couple of iconic moments or like brief memories I've had of watching this movie. And I'm thinking that I might be mixing some stuff up from the second Ghostbusters with it and I might have to find that out later. Or it's the... What's that word that... That theory,
0: the Mandela or Mandela, the
1: Mandela effect. I might just be thinking there's more to this without it actually being more. So I don't know. i got to got to answer that by watching the second one. But uh, this this one, I I don't know. I feel like most people probably already know it, but yeah. these people just bust ghosts. That's what they do. So
0: there was a lot of well-known actors in this, too. Like I had no idea that Rick Moranis was in this or Sigourney Weaver. Um, Who else was in it? Bill Murray. Bill Murray, <laughs> the science guy. Bill
1: Murray. Oh, um, well, he really
0: was a science guy. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Well, no, but what's the other guy that... Oh, he's off of... Was it 21 Jump Street?
1: No, I was talking about I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. Oh, yeah. He's the chief guy. He's in a lot of movies.
0: Yeah. A lot of well-known actors, though. Yeah. This was fun, though. I, I like that the ghost Because I had no idea what any of this was about. I like that the ghosts weren't, like, human ghosts, really. They were kind of more, like cartoony ghost, like kind of like Casper type ghost.
1: The only thing in this movie that I have beef with, and this is kind of like not the movie's fault it's 1984 when it came out it's just like the cgi of like the gargoyle dog creature things when they're like running around i'm just like oh like cringing the whole time it just those scenes don't age well but the ghost itself like you said the cartoony it's fine it's very manageable and i don't think there's an issue with that at all some stuff i kind of like having that cheesy old kind of factor too it's almost welcoming but like the dogs specifically yeah. are just uh, they're just they're they're tough tough to watch. But. You know what
0: I was thinking when we were watching this though? It gave me like a very like comfortable like familiar feel. Like I don't know, it just it almost just like made me feel like a kid again, like back in simpler times, and I'm just enjoying like a Halloween type movie and like no stress in the world. Like I don't know, there's just something about like this time frame and watching movies from like the 80s and the 90s, it just feels very, like, homey, if that makes sense. Like, just very, like, comforting. That's the word. Comforting.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, f- even though we haven't seen it, uh, or you hadn't seen it, it's, it's just, like, a familiar movie because of the, just, like, the iconic theme song to just, like, the actors that we know and just kind of had, like, even, like, not necessarily the score, but there's, like, music in it that's kind of got, like, that, kind of fun family friendly like music that the kind nostalgic of
0: nostalgic vibe almost like
1: as they're walking and stepping it's going with that it's like almost like cartoony in a way
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh so i think that kind of definitely gives you some familiar vibes and stuff and the only thing i don't like about this movie other than like some random cgi moments and this is this is obviously and I, i'm the first to say it i'm overthinking this i know i am because this is just the comedy it's just a comedy but it's like like all of a sudden out of nowhere, all the ghosts just kind of start happening and coming out. Like, and it was like, it's like what phenomenon happened that really made that possible i guess it's like they're talking about these uh at the very beginning it's like two people on the team are invested in finding these ghosts and like whatever experiments and scientific breakthroughs they've done to be able to to stop them and capture them and bill murray doesn't believe in it at all because a lot of people don't believe in ghosts right there's a lot of like atheists and stuff out there but it's like suddenly all these these uh moments happen that you can't possibly deny because you've personally witnessed them and it's like where did all those moments go before This movie started, you know, yeah, doesn't really like indicate one big thing other than like what the two main ghosts are trying to do, like the, the gatekeeper and the key. I get that. But like, I don't necessarily think that like those two's big plot matching up really answers suddenly all the ghosts in new york just suddenly like start happening i yeah, guess i don't know that's true and and once again I'm, I'm overthinking it it's just supposed to be a lighthearted comedy but that's like probably the only thing i just don't appreciate about yeah. it i guess i like a good story
0: Um, uh, i usually don't like to watch older movies unless i like grew up on them because then it's like nostalgic but sometimes it's really hard to go back and watch older movies just because they are a little bit more outdated compared to what we have now But this one didn't feel... This one felt like it aged very well. Like, I don't feel like it felt over the top, like, older. Like, if you compare this to Little Shop of Horrors that came out two years after this, Little Shop of Horrors felt, like, way more outdated, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, the acting and the way they talk to each other, it just felt very just different. And this felt more, like, modern in a way. Not by what's going on, but just, like, the way they talk and... The comedy and everything. So it's just crazy that, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, we have movies now that are like new, and then you have some that are a few years, or then you have some that are just like B rated movies that are just like, ew, this is cheesy and yeah. embarrassing. But I, I don't know. I feel like it held up really well. And maybe it is because it's like an iconic movie. And so I went into it knowing that. And so I appreciated it. Absolutely. um But yeah, that was our final letterbox of the season, our final episode. I'm sad. I was like, for a minute, I'm like, it's going to be nice to have a little bit of a break because the next two months are going to be insane and busy and with the holidays. But now I'm kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> I miss talking to you, Pate.
1: I know. I'm not going to talk to you all the way until January.
0: I know. It's my life. I'm just kidding. But yeah. Also, a happy Halloween. Today is Halloween. Not really right now in our world, but when this episode comes out, it's going to be Halloween. It's my favorite day. I'm so excited. Hopefully, I won't be sick anymore by then. I mean, that's a good, like, six days. So I should be better. If not, I'm coming for you, Peyton.
1: Oh, she's coming for me.
0: But I'm excited for Halloween. So hopefully, everybody has a fun, safe Halloween. Go get lots of candy. Go party it up.
1: Don't get pregnant. I'm looking at you. Me? No, I'm looking at people through the microphone.
0: What is it? Don't get pregnant. Or no, don't have sex. Because you will get pregnant and die. (laughs) Perfect. But yeah, go have fun. Enjoy. Have a
1: nice trip. See you next fall. See you next year.
0: I know. Oh, and go over to our Instagram. We'll have a post for the episode. And let us know what your favorite movie is that you've watched this year. And also let us know some fun ideas of episodes that you'd like to hear next season. Because we will be back January, whatever the first Tuesday in January is. That's
1: right. Less sexual content season three, more bloodos. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Until then.
0: But hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for people that reach out and comment to us or reach out and share our post and our podcast and everything. Like, thank you. We really appreciate it. And
1: cue outro music.